Truth for the Morning, Daily Reflections from God's Word, from the writing ministry of Elder Jimmy Hazlett of New Hope Baptist Church, Moreland, Kentucky. Day 2. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Matthew chapter 5, verse 4. Mourning is an undeniable fact of the human experience. All of us at one point or another will find ourselves in a state of deep grief, whether it be the loss of a loved one, the decline of our own health, circumstances that don't go our way, or any other great host of things that cause us sorrow, mourning touches us all. There are those seasons when life happens to us, tragedy strikes, the waters rise, and our mourning is the natural response to the situation we now find ourselves in. If we're honest, there are seasons when we mourn over things that we shouldn't. As an avid sports fan, there are times when I've mourned for longer than I should have over a heartbreaking loss of one of my teams. Who of us in our younger years didn't find ourselves in a deep state of grief over the disillusion of an immature relationship that probably should have not been happening in the first place? So it begs the question when we read our verse for today, What kind of mourning is Jesus referring to when he says, Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Is this a general promise that applies across the gamut of human experience? Or does Jesus have something else in mind here? I made it clear as we began this journey through the Beatitudes that we're not seeing a list of unrelated lessons, but rather a cohesive progression of thought that must be understood as a whole and in its proper context. In fact, let me chase a quick rabbit here and emphatically state that this is true of the vast majority of the Scripture. It's Hermeneutics 101. The Bible is only understood properly when it's interpreted through the lens of proper context. That means we consider the historical and cultural context. But even more importantly, we consider the immediate context of the verse. In other words, what verses surround the verse I'm reading, and how do they help me properly interpret what this verse means? In the verse immediately preceding where we are today, Jesus has just pronounced his first blessing upon poorness of spirit. The mindset or attitude of the heart that recognizes we have nothing to bring to the table. That deep understanding that when it comes to righteousness, we are bankrupt and in deep need of a, of a righteousness that is not our own. As Jesus moves to this second characteristic that is considered blessed, he isn't changing the subject. In fact, he's continuing that same thought he began with. What type of mourning is considered blessed? What type of mourning surely leads to comfort for the one who's experiencing it? It's a deep mourning over our own sinful condition. You see, while the world mourns over many things, it neglects to mourn over what it ought, our own sin. The Greek word translated mourn here is used ten times in the New Testament. Half of those are dealing with mourning over sin, mourning over falling short of the glory of God. Sorrow over our spurning of the glory of God. One of those uses is found in James where we read, Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be wretched and mourn and weep. 
Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will exalt you. James 4, 8 through 10. Oftentimes we mourn over things that don't deserve a second thought, and we neglect to even consider our most dire need. Our sin has separated us from God. We aren't just a little sin sick. The Bible says we're dead in sin. We're enslaved to it. Left to ourselves, we aren't good with God as many like to save themselves. There are no special deals worked out between sinners and God that bypass the cross of Christ. We aren't even neutral toward God. There's nothing that exists between us and God but enmity and wrath. James said just before the previous verses I shared, You adulterous people, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. James 4, 4. You may now be thinking, well, I thought this was a devotion that was supposed to make me feel good. We can't get to the good news without understanding the bad news. The bad news is that man is not basically good. We're desperately sinful and wicked. Man is not good with God. We are his enemy. Apart from the saving work of Christ, we aren't living under God's favor. We're living under his wrath. That's why we're blessed if we mourn over sin. If we're mourning over sin, then that means the blinders have fallen off and we, by God's grace, have recognized our condition. Unless we recognize our sinful condition, we can by no means experience the answer for it. In order to be saved, we must understand we are lost. When we understand our sin and its consequences, we can then understand our need for a Savior. Dear friend, Jesus can do for you that which you cannot do for yourself. You must not continue to be flippant about your sin. You must do as James instructed. Let your laughter turn to mourning and your joy to gloom. On the other side of that mourning and gloom is gospel comfort. When you see yourself for what you are, you may then see the Savior for who he is. Turn from your sin and trust Jesus' finished work today.